Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to this podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. And you can listen to us weeknights from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we like to bring to you a Bears conversation here on the Bear, Bear Down podcast. Black and Abdal with you. And, and Adam, we are on a Thursday today, and we are wrapping up the third day of Bears minicamp. Uh, from what I take away from today, uh, reading all the other reporters who are covering Mini camp up at Hallis Hall for the Chicago Bears. Uh, basically, today, uh, there's not really a whole lot of news that came out of today's practice. Uh, they were all dressed up in jerseys to honor Brian Piccolo. Uh, it seems like the storylines that were laid out earlier in minicamp, both on Tuesday and Wednesday, are kind of the same. We're looking at the development of the offense with the quarterback, Justin Fields. Also, some other uh, positions, uh, obviously up for grabs. They're trying to set a culture where the best players will play. It doesn't matter if you've been there for multiple years or you were brought in by a previous regime. It's all uh, about competition, and, and it's all for the Chicago Bears moving forward, trying to get these young guys on the field. And then also the absence of Robert Quinn not showing up to the mini camp at all, missing all three days. And now it's up to the Bears whether or not they'll find them for missing uh, the mini camp. Here this week, and then there's uh, there's where we have it. the The Bears are now on summer break, and they will reconvene in, in about a month, and we'll be ready for training camp. So it will be a good month of football to build up for the preview of the NFL season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're going to get the uh, the emails about training camp and how fans can uh, sign up and get tickets, or you know, register for tickets or whatever it is that they decide to do. But you said it right. It is that that last day of school type of thing where the teacher just kind of put on a movie today and was like, I'm done. You're done. Let's just get through this last day together. And then I'll see you guys after the break. Right. And so that's what the bears did today. They, you know, they honored Brian Piccolo, like you mentioned. And, but it just felt like a, Hey, it's hot. We've all been out here the last few days. Like, let's just get some work in, get some reps in, and then let's just carry on and get out of here. But they are going to do, um, uh, Vilas Jones did beat the media and he talked about, how uh, they're they're going to do they're going to meet in Atlanta, I believe. Justin Fields and Mooney and a couple of the other wide receivers are going to meet and have like a session, like a throwing, not, not like a real camp or whatever. But they're going to get together and you know work on some stuff in that this month that they're off before training camp starts. Which you know that's pretty much run of the mill for every quarterback wide receiver group, right in the NFL. You kind of see, like, it's almost weird if your team doesn't do that at this point, right? Like, your team comes together, especially a younger quarterback with younger wide receivers uh, in a new system. There's some things they're going to want to work on. So it's good to see that these guys are going to get together and not just be away from each other for a complete month and then try to come back in training camp. They're going to get together in the offseason and try to work on some things. So hopefully that helps and build some chemistry with Justin Fields and these younger guys uh, here heading into the season. Yeah, and, and as we kind of sit here now, like everything in the offseason basically is now going to be in the rearview mirror and, and we can kind of focus in. On storylines for training camp, we'll obviously have enough room over the next month here on this podcast to kind of break down our, our top storylines and and what this upcoming season is going to be all about. Clearly, the development of fields will be number one. And, and if Justin Fields takes any step forward, and if it's a big step forward, we know as a, as a fan base watching this team that this team's going to be in the right direction, that things are going to be okay. Now, if Justin Fields plays like he did last year, if he looks sloppy, doesn't take care of the ball, a lot of fumbles in the pocket, uh, the offense isn't scoring points, 
what was it, like 17 points per game last season for the Chicago Bears offensively? So if they're not improving at all, that's going to be a problem. I I think the expectations are super low. A lot of people think this this team's going to be in the bottom, in the basement of the the NFL. Uh, Lewis Riddick on ESPN television earlier today suggesting that they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. A bit hot takey for me. Uh, I, I think you're not really looking at the full picture. You forget that the Texans are also in the NFL and a couple other teams at the bottom, which the Bears are going to be better than. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying that this is a playoff team. I'm not saying that this team is going to be good. Uh, if it's the first time you're listening to this podcast, uh, we are kind of projecting here in the offseason some of the shrewd moves that have been made by Ryan Poles. It's a reset. It's a rebuild. But you're going to be somewhat competitive in the contest that you're playing, mainly because of the quarterback, hopefully more competence from the coaching staff, a better game plan, a better situational awareness when they get into these games. And we're looking anywhere between the range of seven, eight, nine wins. Uh, nine obviously being pie in the sky. Everything works out. Fields is the man as we look forward. We know that we have the dude at quarterback, and this team next season, two years from now, will be sitting pretty to be a contender to make the playoffs. That would be the absolute best nine wins. Eight and, and seven is kind of where I think this lands. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're going to go over the Vegas total, set at six and a half. Some places it's at seven as well. So I, I think you're looking at that eight number or seven, and, and I feel like this will be a more improved team. Uh, people continue to look at the roster and say, how could they win more than six games? And you say, they won six games last year mm-hmm. with minimal help from Akeem Hicks. Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson. I get it. Those players are very good. They're not here anymore, but they weren't always available. Now you're going to have more available bodies, and I think the coaching staff in year two of fields pushes you past the six wins that you had last year. That's why you land in the seven to eight win category. If it's the first time you're listening to us, it's not a this team's going to be good. It's this team's going to have a step in the right direction and hopefully building some good habits. I think they'll be frisky. They'll be an underdog in many games, but I think we're going to bet on the Bears in many opportunities, and they will cover, and they will be a team that we continue to point to, as we say, some of the best teams in the NFL against the spread because I think they'll keep the games close, and a quarterback in the fourth quarter who's a bit dangerous will score points, and you might lose by a field goal, but when you're getting six or five or big big point underdogs, and, and the Bears will be that this season, I think people are going to talk about the Bears as a frisky upstart team midway through this season. That's my projection of how this is going to go. Yeah, and I agree with you. And, and you know, you mentioned uh, being frisky and being, you know, covering and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like this is a team where I want them, and I've said this before, but if, it's your, if it is your first time listening, like you said, it, it, uh, I want them to compete, right? And Matt Eberflus mentioned this like a week or two ago at, a, uh, at an OTA and said, hey, like, look, you guys keep saying, oh, well, the offense had a bad day or the offense had a good day. No, to me, it's the defense had a good day, and then maybe tomorrow the offense will have a good day because when we're all competing and we're going back and forth who had a good day at training camp, who had a good day at OTAs, who had a good day at minicamp, it means that we're all having, if we're going back and forth, it means the team is competing. And the goal is to have the games at the end of, or the, the score at the end of the games to be within seven or within three, right? 
And so if that's the case and that's what he expects from this team and that's what we expect from this team, that is a far cry from what we've seen in the past. Like we all know Matt Nagy's record against uh, when he's a, a, a dog of seven or more. He was like Ofer, right? And he was really bad when he when you knew that they were going to get blown out. They always got blown they out. They got right? blown out. They got blown it's out. It's like, what they did. If there's one thing that we can take away from the Nagy era, yeah, is when the team was told that they cannot compete, they did not compete. Where it was Oppo, it was a storyline that we talked about on Block and Abdal many times. Lovey Smith teams, mm-hmm. when they were a big underdog, they showed up. And they surprised us. Well, here, how about and this? They were fun. Last year, you had a twenty-point loss to the Rams. You had a twenty-point loss to the Browns. You had a ten-point loss to the Packers. You had a twenty-five-point loss to the Bucks, or no, thirty-five-point loss to the Bucks. Sorry, thirty-five-point loss to that, the Bucks. That game was over by halftime. Thirty-five-point loss to the Bucks. An eleven-point loss to the 49ers. Uh, an eleven-point loss to the uh, Cardinals. A 15-point loss to the Packers, and uh, that was, oh yeah, and then they lost 31-17. I'm not doing that math in my head because math, it's a wonderful thing, against the Minnesota Vikings at the end of the year. So that I just went through a lot of blowouts there. That's a lot of blowouts, and that's not a good thing to have. Okay, And so hopefully this year, with a more competent coaching staff, with a more QB-friendly offense, Justin Fields will be better. This team will be better. And that's better is, is to me, is competing. Is I don't want to look go back and look at the 2022 schedule when we're previewing the 2023 season and have to go through that and say a 20-point t- a loss to the Rams and a blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have to do that. I want to see close, close losses. If you're going to lose games, at least be competitive like they were against the Steelers when they lost 29 to 27. They probably should have won that game. Exactly. Right? Like be like be competitive and win. Like in their wins, the other teams were competitive. They didn't have a lot of blowout wins. They had the one against the uh the Giants against New York again uh on January 2nd. And that's kind of it. They had the one point win against Seattle. They had a two point win against Detroit. They won okay, 20 to 9 against Vegas. That's an uh, to blowout win. And then 20 to 17 against the Bengals. Like these were all close games that they won, except for two of them. So out of their six wins last year, two of them were blowouts. I want to see that flip. I want to see them be competitive in their losses. You can have a competitive loss, and that shows progress. That shows your their your QB is 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 progressing. Your defense is a little better. The team is playing better as a whole. That's what I hope to see as we head into this next season. I'm confident right now in saying that there is no chance they get blown out as in and as many games as they did last year. There's oh, no I, chance that that happens. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty. I'm if they're buying into what Matt Eberflus is selling, there's no chance. Then there's no chance. Yeah, I think that they're they're going. There might be one or two. Clip that. There might clip be that one for, or two for the folks who say that we say things. Clip that. There's no chance they're going to get blown out by 20 points see, six different times next season. See, Chris, That's not happening. Clip you, that. What you got to understand At is no point did we say that they're going to be a good football team. We don't care. I'm just telling being, you, if you need but, to clip something for the promo, if this is going to be a promo, clip that. <laughs> clip that. I don't they're care not, about There's being, no chance they're getting blown out of that many games. But I don't care about being wrong. If in if in a year I'm just telling you right now, Fields it's not going to happen. Anything. Like I got no problem being like, "Well, we missed on Fields. We were wrong." We were wrong, but I'm not going to be this guy who who is the Trubisky truther that's going to say no matter what, oh, it's a change of scenery. Now look at him. Now he's going to be great. He's going to be doing this. I'm not going to be that guy. If I'm wrong about fields, I'm wrong about fields. It's not my problem, right? What was the last time you were wrong? 
When was the last time I was wrong? Give me a wrong. Um, ooh. Uh, oh, biggest, Justin, Justin biggest, Herbert. Biggest wrong. Justin Herbert. That's your biggest wrong? That's, that's, my, that's my most recent wrong, okay, I would that's say. A good, that's a good one. I, we were both uh, lockstep in that. Because we looked at... Um, we, we saw what Mario Cristobal did to him yeah. in Oregon, where they didn't allow him to throw the football down the yeah. field. And we said, ah, it doesn't look like uh, that guy's going to be uh, it on the next level. I know your biggest wrong. Oh, yeah, it's Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. I thought he was going to be good, man. <laughs> he had all the moves. Yeah. He was in the backfield yeah. dodging uh, <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide defenders. Oh, God, that game sucked. Throwing it up. Yeah. He was he was great, though, but you just— you I, thought, I thought Johnny Manziel was going to be a, a yeah. very good quarterback in the NFL. It's all right, man. We terrible. all have we all are wrong. You could admit that's, a, that's the point. My job isn't tied to Justin Fields being good, right? Like I can be I can be like I, I believe in Justin Fields. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to take the next step. No one is coming. Director of content Danny Zetterman's not going to walk in here and be like, "You guys are wrong about Fields. Sorry, you're fired." Like that does that doesn't happen to us. Could could happen. It's not going to happen. Could to be us. on the table. It's not going to happen. We could to see. Us. If are you kidding? You know how many people would be out of work here if takes were graded and your job was based on takes? Are you kidding me? Isn't that how this works? Are you kidding me? I think some listeners, especially uh, some of those in the Twitch chat, I think they think that that's how this works. That that matters. That they think that people think that getting graded on the okay. So who has the worst takes then? Oh, who's the most wrong? It's got to be calf, right? It ha- and that's not a shot. That's not it. But here's the problem. No, 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 no. Here's the problem. The problem with calf is you didn't the, have to answer that. I did. I did have to answer it because you you think I have a history of not naming names. I'm naming names. My problem is here. No, and and Wait, I th- what's and his I think, biggest wrong then? I don't know if it's his Trubisky. I don't know if it's his <laughs> biggest wrong, right? But the problem with the the problem with what Cap does is that it, he's so all and he's got it. He's got a tattooed on him. He's so all in on everything that he says that the falls are that much harder, right? Like the bigger the take, the harder the fall. Like he was so <laughs> set on this Cubs team was going to be good this year and they're going to be better than you think, and they've lost nine, ten in a row. Like it's the same. <laughs> that's the problem. The the harder your take. That's right. He the, was on the air at the start of the season saying that uh, all of us who don't think that they're going to be good, yeah, you'll see. You'll see. You'll see. They'll be better. They'll be better. They won't what? be great. They'll be better than you think. What and it's like doing? no, they won't be. But he, that's the problem. The hotter the take, the bigger the fall. And I feel like that's what it is. Is he's that. just like. He's like, there's no way. Like, remember, he was all in. On, he was out on uh, Tom Brady. There's no way. <laughs> there is no way Tom Brady wins another suit. And he was all. He, but then, of course, he's Tom Brady. Like, you can't. That's the problem. I've got no problem being wrong about Justin Fields. I don't care. I'll be wrong about him if he if he's not the guy. I don't think we are though. Well, we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see, and and we'll admit it if we are. We'll admit that. I don't think we're like here. Here's one where. This is the year uh, where the, the day of reckoning will come on the take on Tua Tonga Vailoa. Like, this is the year. If Tua can't get it done with a new wide receiver, Tariq Hill, and all the moves they added to the offensive line, that team's ready to get to the playoffs. Yeah. If Tua doesn't perform, you and I are wrong on yeah, Tua. we were wrong about Tua. We were high on Tua mm-hmm. at Alabama on the college football show, and then we also are willing to give him a shot still. We will be wrong if he doesn't show something this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay saying that. And we're, we're wrong on Herbert because mm-hmm. we didn't think he would be good. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. 
I thought Sam Darnold would be better. I never thought Sam Darnold would be a top five quarterback, but I thought he would be a good quarterback in yeah. the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. I thought Baker would be better. Baker struggled. Um, I'm trying to think of like, but we, not, we, we were also saying- we were also very high on Deshaun Watson at Clemson. We we believed what Dabo said that this guy is well, like he Jordan is, Jordan he is, on a football field. He is though. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's no. Ju- what he's I'm saying, just a I'm, horrible person off the field, right, allegedly. I'm, I'm just, in my mind, I'm, I'm giving pluses and, and yeah. negatives, and I listed off a bunch of negatives. Like, Deshaun Watson, even though other people saw it, like, we were both both in yes. on Watson being yes. successful in the NFL, and you're right. He's a terrible person, and, I mean, there, hell, there's a chance he never plays football again. But on we'll the field, out there. top five quarterback on the field. Right, and we we were right on the, the talent assessment yeah. on the football field. In that situation, Josh Allen, neither of us were very high on Allen. He's proven us wrong in that yeah, situation. Yeah, but I don't think, but I think that we were, when, when you look back at our draft coverage before and when we do the, the college football shows and leading into our draft coverage that we do, when we say, like, we were ranking the quarterbacks, right? And saying, take Tua. Like, Tua's the guy in this class, right? Yeah. And we might be wrong about him. We were saying, we were talking to people and, and talking to our, 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 our great football friends and saying, we just don't understand the hype around Justin Herbert. We were never going to be like, Justin Herbert's going to be a bust. Don't draft him. What is wrong with you? Right? We were not like extremists. No, we I weren't, we weren't uh, extremists on Herbert. We, we were both suggesting that Burrow was going to be special, though. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know. That yeah. was he was he was absolutely special, and he's yeah. proving that to be the case. You know, I and so if we look at the best takes, the worst takes that we've had, you mentioned the worst take that that Cap has had is Trubisky related. I think you have to put in the bucket of those guys were right was our assessment of Trubisky early. Oh yeah, with the Bears, mm-hmm. we were ahead of the curve. Way before everyone else suggesting that this ain't it with yeah. Trubisky. Because you and I, I get a chance to go to all the, my, my dad's a season ticket holder. My wife is a season ticket holder. I have access to a lot of tickets. We have a lot of, on, on NFL Sundays, we got to find a lot of people to go to games with us uh, between the two sets of season tickets. Yes. And so I, I get to go to all the games. You get to go to a lot of the games with me. And thank you for that. And I remember early on sitting there at Soldier Field, watching them warm up watching them play series. And, like, I think on TV you see most of it. But when you're in person, real quarterbacks look different when they're on the field. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they have a way they carry themselves uh, during the TV timeouts because it, in the NFL there's so many timeouts. And there's a lot of times sitting in the stadium when nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. So you have to focus on something and you watch the quarterbacks. And, like, Dudes who know what they're doing look a certain way, and guys who look like bumbling idiots who d- can't play the position look different. They just look like they don't know what they're doing back there, whether it's getting the team ready in the huddle or on the sidelines or just little things that maybe none of it matters, but maybe it does. And I just remember seeing Trubisky and being like, that ain't it. And then there was a, a, a flat route where Jordan uh, Howard – Went to the left. Yep. This is. A, I was just going to bring up this play. He was, was wide open. Yep. This Trubisky is, looked to his right. He took a step, and he saw Howard was open to his left. He turned towards Howard and went to lay it out there like seven yards away, and he threw the football. I, 
I kid you not, 17 feet over his head, yeah. out of bounds, mm-hmm. over the bench, and it hit the side of Soldier Field mm-hmm. before the first row of fans. That and was Jordan his- Hill. Jordan Howard looked around and was like, I was wide open with 10 yards of, of uh, fresh grass yeah. in front of me to pick up a first down, and you threw the football 15 feet over my head that into was, the bench. That was his second year, right? No, it was first year. First he was year? a rookie. Okay. So I remember because Jordan Howard was still on the team. John your, Fox was the coach. Your seats are in the south end zone. So when the the Bears are are going north, they were going away from us, they, so but, we could see the routes. Yeah, and you we can could see, see what Trubisky sees. Trubisky's uh, decision making to turn and look at his running back and just throw it into the stands and the running backs on the sideline. And Jordan Howard's not a great receiving running back, but no. all you had to do is is hit, hit him in the hands, hit him in the body. Yeah, and I. I just remember looking at you and be like, oh, this guy's terrible. I remember f- we fell over backwards. Terrible. And did the like, what the heck? Nope, this ain't it. This ain't it, Chief. And you know, on TV, it looks like an incomplete pass, but like, he rocketed that thing out of bounds, no touch, and just pathetic throw. And and from that point on, we started picking up that like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing back there. Mm-hmm. He might be athletic, but he doesn't know how to play quarterback. All right, so... I'd say this. Here's the other point I want to make with that. We were right about Trubisky. But if you if you listen to ESPN 1000, you've followed our show for years. We have been pretty spot on with our assessment on how this team plays from year to year. We usually are the ones to point out when they're going to be a little bit better than what they are. So you toot the horn now. And, and we're also pretty us. good at pointing out when this team's going to be... T- hot trash yeah. when everyone in town thinks that they're going to go on a Super Bowl run. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. We've missed a lot in the NFL. I'll take the the Johnny Manziel. I'll take that point. I'll take Herbert. Uh, yeah, take the Herbert. Uh, Maybe Tua. Yeah, you know, Tua could, could be determined uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think I think our approach is measured, and, and there's a reasoning to it. And, and the final thought with the whole conversation is this. For those in town who think this team is going to get blown out all these games, that doesn't happen in the NFL. Unless you're like, really bad like they were last year. Well, but, but that was incompetence. They yeah. had an incompetent coaching staff. Yeah. My, my point being, we gamble on every game on Sundays. Teams, even when they're bad, the, the bottom is closer to the middle than I think people realize. Yeah, And so... If the Bears are going to be a six-point underdog in a lot of these spots, they're not going to get blown out of every blanking game this season. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's just not going to happen because you don't see that very often. Like even Jacksonville last year when they were so bad, they were they were competitive in games. They just didn't win. Yeah. And I, I think that's where we're coming from with the idea that 7-8 is the, the range where they're going to fall this year. No, I agree. I mean, look at the Lions last year. They were competing. They competed in games. I would say they competed. I know they didn't win as many games, but I think they were probably in more games. Yeah, they com- they competed. Yeah. I could tell you right now how many games they covered, if you wanted to know that. I mean, you can if you want to. But I think this is a make-or-break year for a lot of quarterbacks. Like, I was out on Zach Wilson. Like, I am still out on Zach Wilson. Like, Zach Wilson has things to show me still. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't I didn't know if see he's, much from him. I don't know if he's gonna be the guy. 
And on ESPN.com, uh, Jeremy Fowler wrote an article this week where he talked to NFL execs on around the NFL about the second-year quarterbacks. Detroit so, last year was fourth in the NFL yeah, against the spread. That's great. They were 11-6. and six. Yeah. They covered uh, 64% of and the time. And how many games did they win, though? Four? Uh, yeah, not a lot. Okay. Right? And the Bears last year, the Bears were... Let's see. They were six and eleven. They only covered thirty-five percent of the time. Ugh, all right. The so, the teams that were worse than the Bears against the spread, uh, Jacksonville and Carolina, yeah. they were tied with the uh, two New York teams. All right. All right. Best so, team in the NFL, Dallas against the spread. Yeah, they were great. Dallas, Cincinnati, Green Bay. Ooh, Cincinnati in the playoffs. That was my guys. Oh, yeah, that was great. My guys had that wallet with uh, those. Well, uh, so Waddle and Sylvan aren't going to have us back. I, I won their uh, their thing last year, uh, each and every week uh, against the spread. Oh yeah, that's right. They, they start a new one. They're with, not going to uh, have us back. Huh? I mean, they can if you want to. Huh. I'm sure they would. I'm sure All you right. can defend your crown if you want to. All right. No, I'm just saying. I'm just... If you want to, for like it, love it, just a taste of it. I'm just saying, Cincinnati Bengals. They really uh, they really helped us out. Yeah, yeah. So Jeremy Fowler talked to NFL executives around the NFL about second year quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and of course, Justin Fields, and ranked them. He had the, the executives rank these, and they each gave some quotes about why they put them there, why they didn't you know, rank them as high, or, 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 and so on and so forth. Do you want to start at the bottom and go to the top, or start from the top and go down? Uh, give me the bottom. All right, so number six is Davis Mills uh, from the Houston Texans. Uh, Mills was not a throw-in in these rankings. He pushed Fields and Lance for the fourth and fifth spots, apparently. Uh, evaluators saw good quarterback play from the third-round pick who completed 66.8% of his passes on a bad team. Uh, one, exec said, one assistant head coach said he was just playing the position really well. He didn't have a lot around him, and he didn't have many, rook- he didn't have many rookie mistakes in the games I saw. He can work through the progressions from the pocket, great mechanics, fundamentally sound, accurate at all three levels, can drive the ball and layer the ball, really checked a lot of boxes. So this is going to be Davis Mills. Is that that's what the Texans are going with this year? He's uh, he's a young quarterback that was drafted in the third round. That some exact not as high as on the on the other ones, obviously, but the Texans are high on him for for now at least. I'm a little foggy on uh, Davis Mills. Put on your uh, Chicago's College Tailgate hat for a second. In recruiting. He was highly recruited, right? Highly recruited. Wasn't he like a top five quarterback who then chose to go to Stanford? And then he had injuries, right? Yeah. And he was behind KJ Costello at Stanford, and he waited his time, and then he was hurt. So he didn't really play the amount of games that you expect someone to play at Stanford who was there for what? He was there for three years? Yeah, I mean, he was a four-star recruit. Yeah, because he played in in 2017. He was a red shirt. 2018, yeah. he didn't. He played in one game. He threw two passes. 2019, he only played in eight games. Uh, 2020, remember a shortened year of COVID. He only played in five games. So in his college career, he played 13 games. Yeah, and he was uh, 61st in the ESPN 300, which is out of those. That's all positions. That's not like 300 quarterbacks. That's all everyone. That's yeah, everyone. What was he as uh, quarterback? Does it say that? Uh, no, I gotta look. Because I'm pretty oh, sure his, his scout graded his position was two overall. Yeah, he he was very highly recruited, yeah. and he was 
Like, because I remember when when he committed to to Stanford, it was like, oh, they got another top level quarterback. I mean, he's in the same. He's in that 2017 class. So number one was Hunter Johnson, who I don't. Hunter Johnson went to uh, Clemson. Clemson and then transferred to Northwestern yeah. and then didn't really play. So Davis Mills was number two yeah. in that class. The yep. other names okay. that you uh, might uh, remember, Miles Brennan, who was at LSU. Sucked. Jake Fromm, obviously Georgia. Uh, and that's kind of... Mac Jones was in that class, 17th Yeah, in that class. Yep. All right, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I get why they they put place him six. I mean, he was highly recruited, but he hasn't really performed to the level at the others. He's got nothing have. around him, you know. Like he's on a bad team, bad organization, going through a ton of turmoil. So like they didn't hold that against him. Now coming in at number five, Trey Lance, who we don't know anything about. We don't know anything. Lance is easily the toughest evaluation on the list, largely because of the lack of snaps over the past two years. 178 in spot duty with San Francisco last season after just one full game with North Dakota State in 2020. An AFC scout said he's he's in the best spot by far, but I don't know if he's ready. Coaching and system will help him tremendously in this. Uh, but we don't know. Like we don't know what's going to happen in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to be traded. He's also not healthy. So as of right now, I'm not trading for a hurt quarterback. So just tra- when they when the Bears open the season this year, that first game is against the San Francisco 49ers. Will it be Trey Lance or will it be Jimmy Garoppolo? From what you're hearing from the 49ers, it sounds like it's going to be Trey Lance if they can move Jimmy Garoppolo. And this makes sense. Uh, Jeremy Fowler points out at the start of the column uh, to make sure that this is not a ranking for career arc. Yeah. This is a ranking based on who they are right now, scheme, team fit, sporting cast, part of the criteria. I get it. The, he's probably on the best offense, though. I would rank him somewhere else, but I'll let you continue on with the ranking. No, I mean, that's 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 where he's ranked. Where would you put him? Well, I'm, I have my own. I will tell you my own when we're done. Okay, all right, fine. Coming in at number four. He's number four in the rankings. He's number one in your hearts, Justin Fields. For the Chicago Bears, uh, the the knock on Fields is that they're just it, it, from one AFC scout. God bless him and good luck. Good thing he can make things happen on his own. Long road ahead. Uh, we all know what they've added: Byron Pringle, Vilas Jones Jr. Hopefully, Darnell Mooney does something. Uh, an NFC offensive coach said of Fields, they aren't going to be great, but he's going to he's got big time ability. He'll be able to make plays. Uh, Fowler says improved accuracy would also be huge for Fields, who threw just seven interceptions over his who threw seven interceptions over his final six games of the season. Uh, if you want to look at the positives, another scout said Fields' skill set is trim- similar to Lance's, but with better intermediate to deep ball. So they think he's better than he's better than Trey Lance because he's got a better he's more accurate. He's got a better ball. Uh, but he doesn't have the supporting cast to maximize his maximize his potential in the short term. Have no quarterbacks in the history of the NFL ever made any players on his offense better? I mean, we see it all the time. Okay. Every year. Ne- next up on the list. Well, I mean, like, is every critique of Justin Fields this offseason going to say that he has no weapons, no help offensively? See, and that's I mean, how I, tired and annoying is that? Listen, it's tired and annoying. But I'm not would, saying it's not true. They would look a lot better with DK Metcalf on the roster. I'm not saying it's not true. Just saying. But what I, what if he makes uh, Pringle and Jones and Mooney just a little bit better? Maybe he mm-hmm. makes better decisions and things actually click. Mm-hmm. Like what? Okay. Like he needs to take care of the ball better. Yeah. 
He does. Cut the fumbles out. I wasn't worried about these interceptions at the end of the year. I was more worried about the fumbles. Yeah. The interceptions don't really bother me. Uh, number three from the New York Jets, Zach Wilson. Uh, it says here, he from an NFC offensive coach, he dug himself out of a big hole mentally and physically. It was impressive. He has special arm talent, even though he had the league's lowest completion percentage, 55.6, among full-time quarterbacks. Uh, he missed four games because of a knee injury. They did add a lot, though. Uh, they add... He's going to have more support this year because they added Garrett Wilson, uh, first-round receiver Garrett Wilson, two tight ends in C.J. Uzoma and Tyler Conklin. Uh, they've, they've, the offensive line needs to get better. They're kind of in the same situation as the Bears are as far as offensive line. That offensive line needs to come together so he's not running around for his life back there. But they do add some weapons, and according to execs and Jeremy Fowler, he is uh, going to be – he's on a better position right now than Justin Fields is. Garrett Wilson's going to be awesome. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. Uh, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are the other two wide receivers. Uh, these are uh, apparently stars. Uh, Davis, 34 receptions last year, 492 yards and four touchdowns. That's very Allen Robinson light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I re- those are the numbers that Robinson basically had last year. Elijah Moore – 43 receptions, 538 yards, five touchdowns. Very Allen Robinson-like. Those are the other two wide receivers. Bryce Hall is your running back for the Jets. But listen, Abdal, uh, let me tell you, Justin Fields has no weapons around him. Yeah. None whatsoever. Okay. I mean, I'll credit to Garrett Wilson. Dude's going to be a stud. But you're telling me that this Jets group is just so much better than what the Bears have? Please. Next on the list. Well, garbage. I mean, he's only one garbage. up. Garbage. Garbage list. Okay. Next on the list. Next. Mac Jones from the New England Patriots. Next. Um, <laughs> 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Uh, Watch out for those Jets. Oh, he's got so, so much firepower. Well, so Quarterback sucks, but look at all the firepower he has. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. I thought Denzel you wanted Mims. me to move on. Easy, buddy. All right. So Mac Jones comes in at number two, as you told me to move on. Uh, he would be number one in a lot of NFL offensive coaches' minds if his offensive coordinator wasn't in another position right now. Right now, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge might be your offensive coordinators or offensive game planners or whatever it's going to be. And so one NFL offensive coach said he would be my number one by a lot, really efficient and smart player, but who's coaching him? Is it Joe Judge potentially calling plays? So Josh McDaniels leaving could potentially hurt Mac Jones. Um, you and I both in the uh, in the pre-draft scouting said any any player that ends up with the Patriots is going to be in a good position yep. because Bill Belichick is a genius. Bill Belichick is a genius, and he'll be able to get whatever they want to out of him. And that's basically what they did. They put him in great position. You know, he had some struggles. Obviously, he had thirteen interceptions, but by all means, they were he did a great job. Uh, it, it, he is a he's more than a game manager, but he's not like Mac Jones needs to win this game for you. You can count on him every single time, right? Like, he's good. He's not just there to hand the ball off and make intermediate throws. Like, he's got an arm. We know that. But he's not the guy that you're going to, like, try to get you to win games, right? Well, and it's he's steady. Uh, I think it's uh, low ceiling, but he, he has a very high floor, which is mm-hmm. what we the assessment on him coming into the NFL would be, and he showed that. You know, there were games where the Patriots – 
couldn't win with him at quarterback. They ran the football. I know the weather is bad against Buffalo, but there were games where they chose to take the football out of his hands. That's smart coaching, but it's also a detriment to your quarterback. He can't win like that. So he's number two. I get it. He has the best team on the list. Mm -hmm. He uh, and Trey Lance have Mm -hmm. really good teams that, that can make the playoffs, but... Mac Jones is number two. I don't think he's the second best quarterback, but I'll give you my list after after you oh, talk about yeah, number can't one. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Number one, it's a big tease. Uh, obviously, is Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Twelve touchdown passes, seventeen interceptions, a a horrible QBR, total QBR thirty three point five. Basically, the same the theme from the the scouts and the front office people that Jeremy Fowler talked to is that this is now his rookie season because of the mess that Urban Meyer made there and what he left behind. Uh, hopefully, quote, hopefully not too many permanent scars from last year is what a, a, one AFC scout said. Um, you know, I think that we both believe that it was a race between him and Justin Fields for best quarterback uh, coming out uh, that year. Obviously, he was the number one pick. Uh, and deservedly so, because he went on an absolute tear uh, there. And so that's what the, the scouts say. That's what Jeremy Fowler has put together from these. Uh, one Another NFL scout said he's in a tough spot because while on paper they restocked weapons, I don't believe them to be uh, legitimate enough, but he's got enough ability to overcome some of those problems there. I think Trevor Lawrence is really good. Mm-hmm. He's the best quarterback of this group. I think he'll be the best quarterback in year two. Uh, I like what I saw from him at the end of the season. Uh, I think Fowler nailed it. I mean, if if you remove the debacle that was Urban Meyer, I, I think there's no question here with Trevor Lawrence, and I, w- I would kind of shade that concept towards uh, another young quarterback on the list. My list would go like this. Davis Mills, six. I would go Zach Wilson, five. Trey Lance, four. Mac Jones, three. Justin Fields, two. Trey Lan- uh, Trevor Lawrence, one. That's how I would rank them. Hmm. Lawrence, Fields, Jones, Lance, Wilson, Mills. Hmm. I know that we haven't seen a lot from Lance. Yeah. And I know that, that Wilson, I'm told uh, by this piece, that the Jets have a great uh, weaponry there for Wilson, but I, d- I just don't see it with Zach Wilson. And I think Trey Lance is going to be pretty good. Uh, so that's how I would stack them. I think the only the only thing I would flip is I might keep Mac Jones at two, just because of the Patriots, just because of the Patriots. And I don't know what we're who's the better player right now. I know who the better player is, but this is this is putting all things together. This is their situation right now, not career arc. Remember, we said mm-hmm. that. Not career art. That's why. I, that's why I asked you who's the better player right now. I'm well, not asking for Fiel- his career. Justin art. Fields is the better player. So how is he not number two? Because I'm looking at the entire situation. I'm looking at everything, right. and I know what to expect out of Bill Belichick. I don't know what to expect out of Evil. I think they're going to be better, but I don't know what to expect. So I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence one, Mac Jones two, Justin Fields three, and then after that. Probably Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and then Davis Mills last. Wilson had 11 interceptions. Jones had 13. Fields had 10. Yeah, I know. I understand stats. I can read. 
So those are the uh, stats. And Trey Lance had five and two, so that's a better ratio. Or is it a better ratio? I don't know. I'm not doing math. I don't care. Two is less than 13. I'll give you that Yeah, much. but but touchdown interception ratio. Uh, this is the Bear Down Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Bear Down Podcast. Check it out Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app. And also listen to Black and Abdallah weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll talk to you next Tuesday for the next edition of the Bear Down Podcast. So long, everybody.